Hello, and welcome to the Meaning of Life podcast, hosted by Dr. Susie Farello. Dr. Farello is an associate professor at California State University, East Bay. She does philosophy based on lived experience and works as a philosophical counselor. You can find some of her work online on academia.edu and psychology today. Thank you. Hello everyone, it's my great pleasure today to host uh, um, Professor Englander, uh, a colleague and uh, a great friend. Uh, Professor Englander is uh, an associate professor at Malmo University and associate editor for uh, the Journal of Phenomenological Psychology. His phenomenological research is situated within uh, the interdisciplinary research context of health and society with an interest in topics such as uh, psychopathology, empathy and qualitative research methodology and much more. Uh, is the author of multiple articles on phenomenological psychology and the editor of uh, Phenomenology and the Social Context of Psychiatry. And recently he published, we published together this book, Empathy and Ethics. So um, Magnus, uh, uh, thank yes. you for being here. It's uh, oh. a great pleasure for me to have you. Well, well it's an honor to be your guest. <laughs> I I would like to start uh, from empathy. I mean, uh, I I know that you are, um, yeah. That uh, as we were saying a few minutes ago, um, you stretch into different uh, fields of research, and uh, you are vers very versatile. But I also know that uh, your uh, main uh, focus of research has been empathy for years. What uh, drove you into empathy? Why empathy? Well, uh, actually, when I finished my PhD uh, on emotional memory, I I traveled back and I actually moved back. I moved from the U.S. I moved back to Sweden, which uh, you know that's just, that's the place where I grew up mm -hmm. <laughs> as a as a young boy, but uh, then I started to work at Malmo University at the Department of Social Work, mm -hmm. teaching psychology there because I got my degree in psychology. And um, and uh, when they, and also my background was in phenological psychology. I studied under Amadeo Giorgi, as you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and so uh, they asked me to, uh, at Malmö University, when you teach this course in psychology for those uh, social work students, you have to somehow teach them how to communicate, you know, like communication training, which is part of most psychology. Why phenomenological know, like, psychology? Well, what does it add that the phenomenological? Well, well, the, the thing is that when, when I, when I, when I started those groups and, and sort of like communication training, um, uh, it became sort of like phenomenological psychology in communication with others interactive. And, um, Honestly, I didn't really know what I was doing at the beginning because I was just, you know, I had to teach something, you know, <laughs> to survive. And so I was doing this and I had also had my master's in counseling psychology. So I remember all those trainings with sort of like Rogerian types of training where you when you record yourself with, you know, and, and then you transcribe your recordings and, and you can sort of like in small groups, you, you can... Uh, sort of like train and what you're doing in times of psychotherapy. But uh, here it was a social work student, so it wasn't a, a matter of psychotherapy. So I asked myself, what can I, in, in what way can I do this? Well, at least I will have to understand something. 
So that was the idea. <clears throat> of, uh, so let's focus on, see if I can, through those dialogues, they can record and transcribe it. And we were in small groups and they started to, um, I start, I'm starting to facilitate, so to speak, them in a sense that, well, are you really understanding now or are you trying to explain the other or are you trying to uh, solve the other person's problem? I saw all those tendency. Uh, I asked them to understand, but all they did was try to solve the problem and or explain. So I said, okay, let's try to understand the other instead. Let's start there. Just stay with them and try to understand because understanding, that's the beginning of the knowledge of the other in that sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, but we think in, in the terms of the naturalistic way of thinking always, you know, that we're supposed to explain and, and also then, you know, the technical sense of solving the other's problem instead of staying and understanding the other. So uh, um, after a while, I was just, you know, I came across a couple of articles with Sahabi actually. And he was writing about empathy. And I was like, well, that's what I'm doing. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually teaching them how to reflect on their own empathy. So uh, so I'm not teaching empathy because empathy is where you begin when you understand, you know, when you're impressed of somebody else. I mean, the live body in that sense. But but I'm teaching them how to reflect on their empathy. So so that's how I started. So I didn't mean to start anything new. But so I began. This was in 2002. Indeed. 2002 that's like 22 years ago right wow. almost right yeah <laughs> yeah i'm getting old <laughs> so, so yeah anyhow so it's 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 been my new research project since then so uh, and, and and in that sense it's uh, i i had to leave my dissertation behind and, and just move on to this new thing because it became i realized that wow this is you know this is an insight that is it's kind of like i you know, I hate to say pure, but it's a pure sense of getting in touch with your sense of understanding others in that sense, not doing anything else, only focusing on understanding. And then, of course, that opens up for other venues. Like uh, after a while, I was teaching nurses, you know, yeah. also the same thing and, and other types of uh, all kinds of leaderships and organizations. And, and I had this logical approach to empathy training was all over the place so it's like so it's sort of like became what i'm doing more or less and, and also i i connected this with the interview situation in qualitative research also because i noticed that the students that i that's gone through the training actually when when i supervised their their master's thesis or something else like that and they did interviews they did so much better interviews. So I was mm -hmm. like, wow, you know? So, mm -hmm. so this was uh, different from the classical Rogerian approach because the classical Rogerian approach, yeah, it's similar in many ways, of course. And I'm using similar types of pedagogical strategies that Rogers did, but uh, it's this is more uh, in tune with uh, the phenomenology of empathy in that sense. And the reflection also that goes on so you can actually adopt an, an, a sort of like an empathic attitude and and keep uh, keep that presence uh, with following the other person's expression of meaning while at the same time uh, they at the same time you can also actually reflect you know it's kind of like kind of like a musician uh, or uh, that can reflect on what they're doing while they're performing you know it's it's it, and and like 
also like arts, like dancers or whatever, they can reflect embodiedly while, while they're performing, but still be completely in tune with the other. So that types of, that type of reflection that, that goes on within the training that I'm trying to teach or facilitate in that sense is, is uh, actually in a sense unique. Since you have so many years of uh, experience, uh, what do you think is uh, um, the most common uh, hindrance uh, uh, we encounter uh, uh, when we try to empathize, empathize with someone? What, what is the most common problem that prevents us from being empathetic? And... Should we always be empathetic with uh, the other? Well, we, we are empathetic already when we impress them to a lived body. So, I mean, the, the foundation is there. You're already in empathy when you press them to somebody else. But we have so many other agendas <laughs> that we don't pay attention to it. So we skip it. We take it for granted. We go directly to problem solving, explanation, and all those other things that, and then also you have the mainstream definition of empathy, which is problematic because it also involves a sense of that you have to care for the other or be mm -hmm. compassionate and sympathetic with the other to be able to understand them. But you can actually understand, of course, and this, these are the insights from the phenomenologists, of course, uh, uh, that, um, uh, that they also can see that If, if you want to hurt somebody, you could actually, you, you have to understand them well to really hurt them. So, so that's problematic. But it's also sometimes, you know, you're, if you're in a professional situation, it's not all the time that you agree or feel sympathetic with your clients or, you know, all those things. So, so it's, but you have to still understand. So, so you're saying in, in, that, in that uh, sense, even if, uh, I'm sorry, even if uh, you yeah. are, uh, you want to hurt someone, Uh, you need to be empathetic, like to yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, and that that goes against the mainstream definition of empathy. So we don't understand empathy the way the phenomenologists understand it as, as as a basic understanding and following the other lived body or minded creature. You know, as a second person, you're actually focusing on the other, not on yourself. And For not the sake of our person. audience, uh, what is phenomenology? I know that uh, we know what it is, but our audience might not. Uh, what do you mean by phenomenology and naturalistic attitude here when you're talking? Yeah, that's a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> you have a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A simple no. <laughs> Yeah. No, but, but to me, in, in the sense that I'm working in applied phenomenology, it's, it's at least, I mean, of course, phenomenology is the study of, I mean, it's the logos of phenomena, I mean, in that sense, and, and transcendental into subjectivity and how, how, how subjectivity is constituted, if you want to go all the way to Husserl's uh, sort of like Epoch case and, and all those things, taking you there. But um, in the sense of applied phenomenology, We always, uh, we're still in the natural attitude in the sense that we're in the everyday, everyday type of world, everyday life world. And uh, we focus on people's lived experience. But uh, instead of perhaps discussing things like intentionality and, and, and those things that, that, you know, the noises and the way and all those things, we're focusing on meanings. That's what we do. Because meanings are sort of like depends on intentionality in that sense. So what's the meaning of what you're saying? It becomes important for the psychologist or the social worker or the nurse and all those things. So, and that's also expressed by 
um, uh, also applied phenomenologists like Alfred Schutz and his work on, on uh, in the social the phenomenology of the social world. Meanings are um, something that relates to it relates back to the uh, philosophical roots of phenomenology, of course, in terms of consciousness being you know there's an internal time consciousness there. It's consciousness is in time, and in, and that's and that's mm-hmm. the whole idea of that. Instead of thinking that it's a thing, it's in space and, and, and in the sense of being a substance, you know, like and, and something that we could measure and fix and, and all those things that you have to follow the other in time. I mean, you have that's the whole thing also in empathy. So if you're um, if that makes sense, I, I think it, <laughs> it does. Absolutely. to yeah. me. So yeah. when you empathize uh, uh, with someone, uh, you want to understand the meanings. Uh, you want to understand uh, what that person means uh, for you, or just what that person means. Uh, what do you think? Well, you know, it's it, that's a difficult thing because it could be like the person. Let's say somebody's in denial; they wouldn't know that themselves, right? But right. but the therapist would know it, right? So yeah. the meaning come, the meaning would be something for me, but not for the person who's in denial. In that sense, you know, <laughs> that phenomenon is something that mm-hmm. you know that I'm present to, not the person that I'm trying to understand, right? So so that's that's an example of where is the phenomenon that you are, are following what, what are you trying to follow where's where is that meaning is that inside the other person or is it something that you that presents itself from the other person's expression and i would say uh, and and there's also reciprocality reciprocal aspect of empathy that you also have to take into consideration with a it's an interactive thing and 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 it's not just like a linear thing that's coming from one person but it could be i mean i could watch somebody from afar right and and see that somebody's for example sad across the street that's possible and that's empathy in that sense but i'm not like interacting with the other but it's also but how can i see that how can i understand that there has to be some level of intersubjectivity what we're talking about also so empathy in that sense also discloses or you know like elucidates the sense of our intersubjective you know connections in that sense so and it helps and, and I can understand something I can I can also say that I can go to a different culture for example right mm-hmm. and I'm wondering what, what they're doing there I don't understand but it takes a while and after a while I might say oh, now I get it I know the meaning of that whatever they're mm-hmm. doing but I didn't get it at the first time so um, it takes a while but it's it, the bottom line is that you have to participate and, and this is what we're afraid of professionally, but you have to participate in the meaning of the other's expression and, and whatever comes through. You have to participate in that to be able to, to be able to uh, see, you know, be able to say, and you have to be part of it too. So you have to sort of like reply in a sense, this is what I'm present to, right? And then you have an interaction about something, right? But it's like a dance, you know, if, if, if the client, you know, if we, we're talking professionally, the client has to lead the dance, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, but you could be, and, and but you're trying to be uh, present to something together, but the client is sort of like leading that dance in that sense. Although I might see something that the client don't see a meaning, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, 
What if uh, you are a yeah. bad dancer? I mean, what if... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You really don't get uh, the meaning. So you use the example, the great example of belonging to yeah. another culture. I think of mental health. Uh, when uh, you are with a different mind setting, uh, yeah. uh, neurodivergent uh, types, uh, for example. Yeah. Uh, uh, is emp empathy still there or uh, or not? So if you're not the best dancer on the room? In the well, room. yeah. I mean, the dancer is just a metaphor, of course. Uh -huh. I mean, I, the training that I develop is, 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 is a way of approaching that, you know? And, and you could um, get in the beginning, I tried to sort of like mechanically, and that will be like weird to say that, but it mechanically try to get people to sort of like mechanically respond or reply to the other in the sense to, to get an interaction going. But of course, the genuineness in the mutually tuning in type of relationship that's required for it to be uh, to, to participate in the other person's personal world because that's what you're trying to do. You're kind of like an explorer, right? Mm. Kind of like an anthropologist, but you enter the personal world of the other in that sense, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so you explore that and be a participant observer in that sense of an, uh, in, 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 in the sense of an anthropologist. But it, it could be difficult, of course, if, like you said, you know, if you have, like, if, if you, you have clients and, you know, where there is, um, severe type of psychopathology or other kinds of pathologies and of course and 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 that takes of course experience how would you apply this within that uh, within that context and, and with those types of clients so um, and, and I I, I'm, I'm not a practicing psychologist so I but but but, but uh, I, I know that the people I've trained over the years over the 20 plus years, I know people who have applied this at work and it, and they say it makes a lot of difference. And the one study that I did was actually to evaluate the training and um, to see where, where does this training appear within the professional situation? And what they all said was it, it appears when, when it's sort of like a, a situation, which is, um, not like the everyday situation, but it's it's like an emotional Latin situation where it's you know, a loaded situation where it's something that's going on. And, and that's when they're training that they start to, okay, I have to focus on the other. I have to follow the other. So, and I have to reflect on what I'm following. Uh, so, so, of course, you know, it's like taking away the focus from whatever your profession is in that sense. Also, you have to be a human being following the other human being to see what's going on. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's not about solving the other person's problem or understanding everything about the other person, but it's 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 an approach of trying to follow the other person's expression of meaning. So so that's that's the idea. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but hopefully it, it totally <laughs> does. I'm thinking of uh, uh, those people, uh, uh, neurodivergent types, uh, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, who might want to be empathetic, who are mm -hmm. empathetic, but their way to follow, their way to be present uh, might uh, register to us in a different way. So we tune in, uh, but uh, in a way that is not immediately recognizable. Yeah, but it's also up to understand, I think, a lot of 
those problems, I don't think there's any lack of empathy in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because, exactly. But, but, it, but it could be too much empathy, I would say. But his problem in how to communicate and how to sort mm -hmm. things out uh, and in terms of the communicate the, the communicative situation. Mm -hmm. So you have to be and you have but you as a professional professional, you know, you can you can follow that problems and and be present to to the struggle, you know, and all those things. And and also back up, back you know, back back up a little bit, you know, and not pressure that because you can't dance the same dance as right. you dance with somebody else. Perhaps you know right. you have to be, yeah, you have to you have to follow. So the key thing here is to follow the other, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, was there a moment in your life in which uh, you didn't have uh, uh, the the, the the energy to to be there to to follow others so that uh, yeah empathy was a problem for you well you know it's it, it i had i had clients you know in the past when i when i did my masters for example where i just actually made some pre-discoveries to this in the sense that i had um, clients that that you know had a really hard time expressing themselves then i was just present i was like okay i have to just follow them and that's the only thing i can do i they couldn't i couldn't understand anything they said for example and all those things clients that had a very difficult time expressing themselves uh so uh, and and so i realized how difficult it was to to do this and um but i don't know if you're asking me the personal question <laughs> yeah I and i remember all this i always yet, have problems so. with empathy you know it's like <laughs> no but em empathy it's already there right but it's 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 how to reflect on it and actually you know it's like you know you can you can teach certain things but doing it yourself is different right so, right yeah that's and, right and you have to realize that also that facilitating something and and you know you should practice what you preach and perhaps you know it's it's not you know we all human beings so of course you're not listening all the time <laughs> yeah because i mean especially uh, I, i don't know when you are tired uh, when your yeah. mind as you said at the beginning when mm -hmm. you have so many tasks uh, your agenda is full uh, uh then you demand uh, empathy from others for uh, from your mm -hmm. close ones for example please understand me i really don't have yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, i just want to be welcomed i just want to be understood but at the same time in that moment you are the one who is lacking empathy completely because uh, you mm -hmm. are onto so many things uh, that you really exactly. don't have the strength to be there with your husband your child your sister whoever mm. and you are the one that is not available to tune in it's mm. um, i think it's a situation in which we might find ourselves quite i find myself in this situation quite often <laughs> I have to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love doing so yeah, many things, yeah. but then all of a sudden my plate is full, mm -hmm. and uh, I. And of course, the the people you know, right? You don't you don't tune in, so exactly you know them. So exactly. why tune in, right? You, uh -huh. you, yeah, yeah. So that's that's always a problem. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. how do you come back? I mean, did it ever happen to you? Sometimes I have difficulties to come back to the people I love. Because yep. I feel hurt even that uh, there's not empathetic connection there. 
although I mean I yeah. I work on empathy. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with the idea, but you know, one thing is to know one thing, another is to live it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then we can't be perfect all the time. I mean, that's just that's the way it is, you know. So, and and sometimes you don't want somebody to listen carefully either. You know, it's, mm. it's just one. You know, so it's it's it what's what the context demands of something. You know that you know the context is meaning dependent, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The meanings are context dependent. So it's it's the whole idea of of also tuning into what kind of context it is. But we'll do that. I think we do that anyway, because empathy is there as soon as you meet somebody else. You can come home and see that somebody's angry at home, right? Or uh-huh. irritated or something like that. But of uh-huh. course, I have my dog that meets me, you know, in, 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 in the hallway when I get home, mm-hmm. who always appreciate me coming home. So. <laughs> and that warms you up. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. How do you come back? How do you tune in when uh, it's difficult for you to tune in? How do you manage to... Well, it's, I think it has something to do actually with what they said in the evaluation when uh, the training actually. It's you notice that when it's serious, then you have to tune in, right? But mm. how serious is this, right? But sometimes you have to tell yourself that, well, you have to take time also to listen to people, right? And that's important, even though it's not a, you know, they might be sometimes, you know, the children might be quiet or something. And, you know, that could be a, an expression of that. Maybe you should go in and, and listen mm-hmm. to them, you know, how was your day in school and all those things that, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's easy also to say, well, nobody's saying anything, so I'm just not going to bother. Mm-hmm. Everything must be fine, mm-hmm. right? And that's a problem also in our society because we, we tend to we tend to see when there's nothing, uh, you know, uh, there's no emergency, we just leave it, right? But it actually, uh, as you can tell from like, you know, recovery oriented psychiatry, 95% of the time, <laughs> that's, that's when you're not spending time in the emergency psychiatric ward, but 95% of the time, that's when you're not there. And that's where the work has to be done. But what well, we leave that because it's like, oh, it's not an emergency anymore. Mm-hmm. So we have, I think we have to tell ourselves. To, to be more in tune to when it's quiet and when nothing is happening and because that's when that's also an expression of meaning mm. coming at okay. you yeah yeah was there a moment in which uh, things were too quiet in your life i mean <laughs> when uh, you touched a blank slate you had to start from scratch uh, and uh, uh find uh, what was there for you i mean find the new meanings in your life uh, when you had to restart uh, from scratch well I, well i started from scratch when i came back to sweden in, in 2002 yeah, 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 story yeah, because yeah. Uh, that is interesting yeah. also i mean yeah, you yeah, yeah. for a specific reason then you went to the yeah. us so you came back uh, uh, yeah. of the so I went to study. I went to study in the U.S. Um, Why? Uh, so I, 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 well, I, I wanted to go to the university, and I wanted to go to the U.S. So I went to the university. Uh, why? In the US. Uh, because I remember uh, they told you that uh, uh, in Sweden they told you that uh, uh, mm, you weren't so cut uh, for university. Maybe. Oh no, no, yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, we didn't That's have. We, uh, the, yeah, yeah, the uni, the universities in Sweden at that time in, in the eighties there was there weren't that many. I mean, today 
there's a lot of people going to the universities, just like in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But there, it was a selection of you know the people who had the highest grades and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, you know, there's another way of doing this, and that's going to the U.S. And I wanted to go to the U.S. also because it was you know the 80s, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to go the 80s to to the U.S. in the 80s, and I wanted to go to the university. I was like, so why don't do both at the same time? So I went there and I studied. Uh, you know the whole thing. I went the whole way. I mean, to I got my PhD and. And then after a while, working there for a year after my PhD, I decided to no, I'm a, I'm probably more of a European than mm-hmm. an American, and so mm-hmm. I went back. So, um, mm-hmm. but then I had to start from the beginning, and I had no idea what 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 can I do. I didn't even know if I wanted to continue in academia, but I did. Mm-hmm. I this newly started Malmo University, who just had started. I went in there and I asked for a job and I got it. So it was good. You know, it's a temporary position, of course. And then I had to apply for a more permanent position, but it, it got me going. So, it, yeah. How do you think the meaning came? I mean, I know, uh, and stop me if I talk too much. Uh, I know that you were very much on your own. I mean, uh, now the way in which uh, you tell us about this uh, uh, looks quite simple. <laughs> but I, you know, uh, being in the U.S., you need the permissions to stay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a big problem. Uh, having a, a family network that supports you might be important, but uh, you were really your own person. You had to fend for yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it was a struggle, of course. You know, yeah. you know, used to this uh, type of Swedish society that's, you know, always has a safety net, you know, it mm-hmm. was a tough time, but I spent the nineties in the U S so it was, it was good. Uh, it was, it, it was a good struggle in that sense, but, but, you know, uh, but it was always, it was good to come back because I can sense the roots of being sort of like a, a, a some, somehow. And I felt more like a European in that sense, not that I, you know, mm-hmm. but when I'm here, I feel more like an American. So it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, you're never home, right? <laughs> so, but, kind of like Alfred Schutz, you know? <laughs> right? What does he say? Tell us. You know, it's, it's like, no, I'm not going to go into that. But it's, it's more like, you know, you, it's, it's so difficult to come back, you know? If you, 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 you move somewhere and then you go back and it's, it's very difficult also because it's like a, you're never home anywhere. You don't have a home anymore. And you have to accept, the, you know, the two worlds that are sort of like with you all the time. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that, Magnus, because I have the same exact struggle. What, yeah. do, you what do you think? Uh, the same for me. I mean, when I come back yeah. to Italy, it's... Uh, yeah. It doesn't feel as it used to. When no. I'm here, I'm nostalgic about Italy. Yeah, now yeah, I live yeah. a bit in Switzerland, and I feel nostalgic even towards Switzerland. Uh, how do we build our sense of home? What's home? Yeah, yeah, you have to just, you know, it's, it's, it's in your head, I guess. No, it's, it's in your head, not in your no, heart. No, 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 I don't know. But it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. You have to sort of like accept the two worlds that you have to, you know, um, be able to and integrate them in the sense that uh, of, of your your sense of who you are 
and and that integration could be difficult because and and this is kind of like personal things but it's supposed mm-hmm. to be right so but it's like when i wake up in the morning i wake up in a language also ah yes so, yeah yeah so i wake up in swedish you know and 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 if i'm gonna have a talk in english it's gonna be very difficult because i i can't find my way to that world so it's mm-hmm. not about sometimes you can hear that somebody's translating right i can mm-hmm. tell colleagues sometimes i help colleagues colleagues with their english right and i can tell yeah that's written in english it's perfect english but it's in swedish because the mm-hmm. world the the world the background or the ground that's written on is, is the expressions are within the swedish world mm-hmm. so there are two worlds and that's how i see it and uh, so um and, and so it's difficult in that sense to to be in two worlds. So people sometimes ask me, "Can you translate?" And I was like, "No, I can't translate. <laughs> I have two two different worlds, and <laughs> and I'm not very good at translating. And it's it's just the way it is. And but but if I get into that world, I'm I'm in that world, and I'm I'm fluent in this world, you know, in the English, you know, whatever American world. I feel like I'm I'm I there's no effort. I'm just you know, I'm not translating what I'm saying. I'm just in that world, and if I'm in the Swedish world, I'm also in that world. And but somehow it's the same person, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I could sense that it wasn't. But but it's now it's I've been here for what like twenty two years almost. So it's 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 integrated <laughs> in here, you know, but it's still never, ever integrated because just like you said, you know, I, I miss that. You know, I always compare things all, mm-hmm, all the time. All the time. Yeah, it's driving everybody around me crazy because it's like in America, you know, they do this. <laughs> and if I would be in America, I would say, you know, in Sweden, they would do it this way. It's so much better. Yeah. You know, it's always better. Right. So it's just the way. Yeah. Nothing is ever good enough, uh, but nope. then uh, you miss it. Uh, it's uh, it's weird. Yeah. And they yeah. say so you have to find a, a third country. I think. <laughs> no, believe me, because I have Switzerland. No, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Switzerland. It's the third country, and it has problems. Yeah. But they didn't have sunshine there. Right? That's it, problem. For example, yeah, yeah. oh my God, they had to take <laughs> sun baths to to up my mood. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, because they say you know, home is where your heart is. Yeah. Uh, of course. But then again, your heart can be in many places. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. that your heart is small. The heart can be as big as uh, you can make it. So it's uh, you. You can't connect home to just one person, for example, um, uh, or one atmosphere. So yeah, what you mm-hmm. said makes complete sense to me. It's uh, maybe in the accepting uh, that you became uh, this strange mix uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, live with that. Yeah, the self-acceptance. Uh, thing, that's right? self-acceptance. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like humanistic psychology. But <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> what do you think is the most difficult uh, aspect to accept of yourself? Speaking of self- self-acceptance. Well, that would be one of them. Absolutely. You know, accepting, accepting the fact that I, I, 
I probably, I, I will, you know, for, you know, except for like a conference or two, you know, you can go to the U S but I would probably, I will never live there. Mm -hmm. So that's the difficult thing. It's, it's, it's mourning that, you know, and, and you have to accept that. And, um, but who, you know, who knows? You never know what life, <laughs> life has you know, you. to offer, you know, sometimes, but it's, it's, that's difficult. Yeah. Would you accept now to put in your heart another country to take and move? Uh... Well, right now, you know, it's dark it's uh. in the afternoon here, right? So it's like everybody around me is speaking of Southern Europe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's just the way it is. I mean, it's like that every winter. So I think um, it's a Swedes have, you know, Swedes, I think, will always have a problem accepting winter, you know, especially, especially if, if you live in the south part of Sweden, because it just, you know, it's, it's, it's not like the four seasons that you see further up north. So, and so it's, it's difficult, but it, you know, does music it's just weather, right? <laughs> but it's bad, but no, it's yeah, a lot. Yeah. The weather yeah. can be also the person. I mean, I'm a different person. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. According to the intake of sun, I take, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, whether in California, Italy, or Northern Europe, uh, I notice it makes uh, a huge difference. In uh, yeah, it makes a difference. It does. Yeah. yeah. I interact. So, I see yeah. that behind you there's a guitar, and I know yeah, that yeah, yeah. guitar means <laughs> a lot for you. Yeah. Does music help in? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It helps so okay. much. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm playing. I actually, I'm playing in two bands right now, and I'll, I, you oh, know, yeah. I, 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 that's, that's, that's what I, you know, rehearsals. You know, that's, that's sacred oh. in that sense, and, um, and, and it's, um, that helps everything. I mean. Music is, you know, in a sense, eidetic, like phenomenology, right? And empirical. <laughs> so, so, so it's very much like from logical psychology in that sense, you know, it's, it's that mix of, of, you know, uh, perhaps, uh, being in a certain space that I know, but something that I also, that get, get, you know, gets me away from, from academia in that sense. Mm. I, I get a sense of I'm not there right now I'm somewhere else and it's it's about emotions and um uh, most of all emotions in in that sense and, and helps you with reflecting on your emotions too because you get to perform you know and and all those things so it's uh, it's important do you think that the music can boost our sense of empathy and can create another home for us what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, it's, it's right now, it's sort of like, for me, it's, that's the meaning of, you know, that, that I have, that I'm looking forward for myself. I mean, it's, it's for myself. You know? <laughs> but I have a family, I have two sons and my wife and, and it's, you know, and a dog <laughs> and, and, and to have some space, you know, you, you work all the time, as we know, that's, that's life, uh, but have a sense of, sense of meditate meditation almost right for yourself that you can meditate and get into a space where um and, and belong to something else that's almost like of course it's bigger than you in that sense it's so it's bigger uh, than you. yeah yeah no, it is the music is you know music is bigger than you i mean it's 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 it's, it's a sense of 
playing other people's songs. I mean, that has meaning oh, that you partake in and all those things. And it's, it's not yours, but it's still you doing it. And sometimes when you're performing, you're wondering, you can almost reflect on yourself within that performance. Is, this is me performing it, but right. I can see myself in it. You know, it's, it's, there are reflections there uh, within that performing that that's really it's it's spiritual in many sense you know in the sense that because i mean you are there uh, coming back to empathy you are there with uh, this other person who wrote uh, that piece Uh, you understand not only you understand Mm -hmm. you embody that piece because uh, you are feeling something out of uh, what uh, you are uh, um uh, presencing at and uh, and you're participating uh, in that atmosphere and if you mm. come back and every piece might create uh, if you want a home uh, in the sense that uh, it creates a, it, it's a little room it's a little uh, house it's a little atmosphere where you mm. can come back uh, when you need yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, magical yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it is. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think it's so important to have that uh, sort of like part of having something like that. It's it's important. I mean, you can do other things. You know, you can, you know, some people they dance or they, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, or they you can, you know, meditate or you know, do yoga or whatever. All those things that you that something that fits you that's bigger than you in that sense that you can. You can also participate in and you can you can reflect on that and see that, wow, you know, I, I'm doing this, but I'm actually this is not me, just me doing it. I'm part of something bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. While I'm doing it. And that type of reflection is really interesting, I think, because that's also part of the empathy training that you reflect on something on intersubjectivity. That's what you reflect on, actually, in that sense, when you, you know, that's that's what's disclosed for you. So, uh, uh, and you do that at the same time that you follow the other, you're present to the other. So it's, uh, reflection doesn't have to be like reflection and you, you know, that's intellectual or conceptual or anything like that, but it could be in part of an, an attitude in that mm-hmm. sense. Coming back, reflect or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you, 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 you sense the other. Where, 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 where am I in the sense of the rest of the band members, for example? You have to be present, of course. Mm-hmm. You, the, the music directs you in that sense, but we all have to be in tune. So it's. Uh, Why yeah. do you think we need something bigger than us? I don't know. I, I'm end up. I, my, this is kind of like start to sound like Viktor Frankl or something. You know, it's like you have to have something bigger than yourself, but it's existential stuff. But, but in the sense that, um, uh, it's, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the meaning of life. <laughs> ah, you know what? But I, 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 took, to come. I, I, I took that from Viktor Frankl, so I just saw my uh-huh. part. You know, uh, maybe the meaning of life is just to survive. Who knows? The meaning <laughs> of life. That's what my dad used to say, at least. You know, he, he said, you know, I asked my dad what the meaning of life was. He said, uh-huh. it's all about surviving. All the rest is just, you know. <laughs> surviving, <laughs> biological survival uh, or a good spiritual survival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Depends, depends where you're at in your life, right? 
And uh, what does uh, having something bigger than us uh, do to survive? Because well, I think we have power from yeah, us yeah, if we think. Yeah, I would give us a space to, to mm -hmm. I think, to meditate and to, to be with ourselves and, and to do something that's that and, and that might sound like an individualistic thing to say but it's but of course we live in an individualistic society so it might be important for that sense i might not be the person who who created that meaning but you know i'm part of it so i'm part of the society in the sense and i you know it helps me you know so so you find protection in something bigger than you mm. no i think it's more like joy Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about the survival. I mean, in a survival kind of um, mindset, yeah. joy doesn't have much space, does it? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you have just to survive, whatever it works, and yeah, so on. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I said, you know, what, what the way I answered that question was, my dad. Okay, you know, so you're dead. Born, okay. He was born in 1931. He, he, he's, he's, he's not oh. alive anymore. But yeah. if you asked him, you know, he would say, you know, it's all about surviving, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but for you? But in, but in a sense, it's different for me, right? It's, uh, it's, yeah. You know, you know, it's probably like, you know, it's what's the meaning of life is to have something, something of your own that's, that's meaningful. And, 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 but, it, but it's also, I mean, if you ask me what's the meaning of life, of course, it's my family. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't have anything. That's the, that's the background and context of my life. I mean, of course, but if finding something just truly meaningful for yourself, you know, and I think that's a good thing to do for everybody. But that, that could be, like I said, like I said, it could be like an individualistic thing to say, you know, it's like, Maybe you wouldn't say that in a collectivistic society, you know. <laughs> well, uh, for you, the meaning of life is uh, uh, finding meaning in something bigger than uh, your yeah. legal uh, own. So it doesn't seem yeah, yeah. so individualistic yeah, yeah. to me. It's too, we, come, we come back uh, really to the sense of home and empathy with your yeah. It's uh, uh, yeah, connecting to your roots, uh, to uh, this bigger meaning than you. Uh, yeah, and I always music has always been something that comforted me, you know, through my whole life, and it's always been a part of my life. So it's it's, and then I quit all kinds of music, you know, stuff when I got into academia because academia um, was everything, you know, like I know. philosophy. And, literature and all those things was great you know it's like <laughs> that was the thing all of a sudden and then of course you know i i miss it because it was something that i kept coming back to and coming back to and now i it's just like i have to, i couldn't live without it and, and I completely it, it was agree. part of growing up you know it's like it's almost like you know actually you can say that because you can you can as a young person you can you can listen to music and you feel understood right so empathy doesn't have to go that linear sense of you know like in that mm -hmm. sense it could also be coming from 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 other sources you know that that you are sort of like within yourself and you're listening to that and you feel understood by the music and mm -hmm. how can you do that i mean it's, mm -hmm. it's i mean that will be taking empathy to a different level of course but it's interesting
but it's a very good point. I mean, a feeling yeah, understood uh, in music and uh, finding some empathy in music. That's the other side. I think that we discussed that at some point. Also in some article, I, I have the yeah. feeling that <laughs> yeah. at some point <laughs> together we work yeah. uh, on it. Uh, look, it was, uh, as usual, wonderful uh, talking to you and uh, I got to know new sides of you. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, being. Oh yeah, it's my pleasure to be your your guest, Susie. And it's uh, I'm just I'm just afraid of what I have said now. <laughs> I've just been talking, so it's you know, hopefully it makes good. sense. Thank yeah. you. Oh well.